0: You are listening to The Mower Report, a live radio show that ventures into the mysteries of life, as well as the hot topics of the day, either political or business. I want to thank everybody for joining us on this program. Before we begin, i got to remind everybody that the next podcast will be with, or next show, actually, live show. I do these live. I don't know why I said podcast. Words creep into my head. Uh, will be the Rendlesham Forest uh, Conspiracy with Nick Redfern. Been looking forward to that for over a month now, so that'll be next week. But this week, I I welcome Travis Irvine to the program. Travis, thank you so much. for. I know it's been a busy day, and we'll get into that here in a second, but first and foremost, thank you for making some time for me.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Jim, and uh, happy almost inauguration day. Yeah, I mean, it's been a wild ride to get
0: here. So, okay, let, let's work backwards. You're in D.C. tonight. Work. Uh, who, i see, I seen it in an email and I didn't write it down. Who are you working for? Who are you covering Inauguration Day for, for tomorrow? So we can follow uh, up with all that.
1: Oh, sure. Well, um, I'm a, a freelance journalist, so um, this is kind of coming full circle for me. Four years ago, I was uh, covering the inauguration of Trump uh, for a, a news outlet called Mediate. Dot com mediate um, they kind of do news about news so you um, you know you can find them on Twitter and Facebook and all, all the things but um, they really are focused on covering news celebrities almost uh, you know what what are the news anchors saying when does a segment on CNN go off the rails things like that <laughs> um so 4 years ago i was actually got hired as a new position as their man on the street and my job was kind of like a TMZ to uh to catch these new celebrities outside of fox or uh you know outside of CNN um and um and i even got to be on the red carpet at the white house uh, correspondence, uh, press dinner uh, well, you know, whatever it's called. It's got a very long name. I can never yeah. remember it.
0: I know what you're but, talking about, but I don't know the name. I don't know the full name of it. So. <laughs>
1: yeah. So that was, you know, and that was 2017. That was like Trump's first year. And, of course, he skipped out on it. So um, everyone was still in a great mood. So, uh, you know, like you, you said, although I, I think that's uh, the understatement of the year, it's been a hell of a journey to get here. And for me, I wanted to come full circle so I am headed back downtown to the mall to get as close as I can to talk to anyone who is out and about on the street. But I'm guessing at this point most of my interviews will be with uh, national guardsmen and uh, probably people just trying to, <laughs> you know, either get to work or avoid the entire thing entirely.
0: I was going to say I know you just got there uh, a little over, a little under an hour ago. So, a I appreciate again. But um, how does it feel different? I mean, obviously the town has to feel different now than it has the last few times you've been there
1: well you know it is interesting i i lived here in 2008 um i had an internship on capitol hill with chuck schumer which was a great education because as bob dole used to say uh the most dangerous place in washington is in between chuck schumer and a camera uh the man loves his press i learned a lot in that press office uh, just as you know a 20 something intern um but i lived in dc for about a year and um honestly coming back first of all i noticed all the the uh the changes in real estate um you know kinda out more in the suburby areas of d c there's a lot of new developments um but the honestly, out here in the suburbs, it's a little more chill, you know it really is just like I got here I been, uh, drove from Ohio, drove about six hours, and just needed to move around and just walk around the neighborhood it's it's it still feels like old d c right now, at least again away from downtown um away from the capital. Um everyone's hunkering down, everyone's wishing each other, you know, stay safe this week. Um, you know, it's it's classic DC. I mean the, the cigar shops were full, the liquor store was busy, you know, it's still just DC. Um but I have you know, I have my, my feelers uh down on the ground and people other journalists walking around um uh, DC and you know the main thing is just lockdown. That's that's the main thing. People are saying they've never seen security like this. Um, in DC, probably since the days of 9/11, following uh, 9/11, obviously, um, and so that's kind of the lay of the land. Is I think, you know, your your day to day DC folks are just trying to stay home and stay away, and then uh, dummies like me are going to try to go downtown and uh, see see what we can get. Um, but for the for the most part, it really sounds like there's four layers of to even get close to the mall around there. So um, you know, I'm gonna get some pictures tomorrow and, and really probably have a completely different uh description um of it entirely. But we will we will see. This is kinda what I've heard so far. You know, it's, it's almost like the calm before the storm. Or hopefully just the calm before the calm. It'd be nice if everybody just stayed <laughs> calm for a week. Yes.
0: Yeah, so okay, so we've we've got to work backwards now because I came across well, A, I came across you because I was just out looking for people that would be insightful into this and all the stuff that's kind of leading up to this and all that mess. And then I kind of circled back through that list because, you know, there's a bunch of people that cover politics in D.C. and all these other things. And I found you and then I, I watched your uh, documentary about how you ran for mayor. I can't remember the title at of all off the top of my head.
1: That's bad. I want to say American uh, Mayor. Is that it? That is it. Yeah, American Mayor. Nice and easy. Just remember <laughs> the country and remember the office. <laughs> Which, okay,
0: so full disclosure, you're, we're about the same age. So when you ran, what was this, two, oh, 2007,
1: you ran for mayor? Yeah, I ran for mayor in 2007 in my hometown in Ohio. Um, and that, um, I mean, obviously, spoiler alert, I did not win. But um, the point of the documentary, American Mayor, which you can find um, on Vimeo, uh, or if you just go to AmericanMayorMovie.com, uh, you'll find it through Vimeo that way. Um, but, you know, basically what we try to show, it's just a short documentary, 40-minute documentary. We we wanted to show that um, just by getting involved, uh, you can make a difference, especially at a local level. Um, you can still have a positive impact uh, on, on local politics. So that's kind of the point of American Mayor, despite the fact that I obviously didn't win and then <laughs> went on to work in uh, Washington, D.C. the following year in 2008.
0: I was going to say that's quite the gap that we've we've got some gaps we got forming here. Going from yeah, you filmmaker-
1: know, twelve year <laughs> gap. You know, nothing to talk well, about. No, well, no, I well because you said you were with Chuck Schumer for a
0: while and now you're back doing some reporting. I feel like we're normally I run all over the place on this show, anyways, but I yeah. really feel this right now. Like this encapsulates everything that I normally do, but it's like on a big picture for me right now. So how did you go from sure? making a film about running for well, a running for mayor and then making the film about it to where you are now, because there's a lot of, I mean, go ahead, take a few minutes here and describe that journey because it's got to be almost epic. I want to say,
1: you know, uh, I'll, I'll I'll put emphasis on the almost, we will see. Um, (laughs) But the, uh, but it has been a heck heck of a journey. Um, You know, I, I was always a political uh, kid. I was fascinated at, at five years old Uh, 1988 conventions and debates and i would apparently i don't remember any of this but i would apparently ask my dad to stay up late so i could watch everything um and you know i just kind of grew up that way as one of these weird political nerds other kids had sports and i had politics so 1992 1996 i was obsessed uh, not just with the debates but uh, the conventions you know the entire primary processes um and, you know, the more I learned, the more nerdier I got. And so I, I kind of stayed involved. I remember 2000, I wasn't 18 yet. I wasn't even old enough to vote, but I was campaigning for Al Gore. And I was, I stayed up. I remember I stayed up till 2 or 3 a.m. that night watching the election results of 2000. And I think that's really what has cemented it. It's just every time there's a presidential election year, uh, I am just fascinated and I am doing something. Um, you know, it, 2004, I think I, volunteered for john kerry in ohio of course john kerry lost ohio (laughs) um Mm -hmm. and that was the state that that made him lose the entire election you know as as we've seen since then and and even before then um you know states like ohio where i'm from um at least back in the day used to be very important now it's crazy you're seeing new states be so important so the entire presidential election process has always really fascinated me, especially, again, being from Ohio, where every four years, just the TV ads just come raining down. <laughs> um, so, you know, I've just kind of stayed involved. And, um, you know, 2007, I I basically uh, got out of college. And like any good millennial, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I moved back home uh, in with my parents. And, um, you know, in my case – um, I saw an opportunity to run for mayor and make a movie. So <laughs> that's what I did uh, on that one. But then since since then, it really has been kind of pursuing the same passions, filmmaking, politics, comedy, um, journalism. It's always been kind of a mix of those four things. So, um, you know, after living in D.C., I moved to New York. I worked at the New York Film Academy for about two years. Then in 2010, I moved back to Ohio. I ran for Congress, actually, uh, U.S. Congress in my home district. Um uh once again, spoiler alert did not win that one, and uh, we did not make a documentary about that one, but we did make some campaign commercials that went uh i i honestly for two thousand ten I'd say they went semi viral uh you know one of them got on pBS NewsHour. hour they called it one of the more clever uh ads of the two thousand ten campaign season um that was a campaign ad where we had people walk up to the camera and flick it off with their with their middle not the middle finger the ring finger. Um, and the whole idea of the ad campaign was uh, give the two-party system the, the third finger because I was running with uh, a third political party, which is something I've always had sympathy for. Honestly, going back to it, since I since I uh, first saw Ross Perot speak in the 92 debates, that was a real game changer uh, for me, seeing that there are more than two options. So, um, so you know, I'm sympathetic to third political parties and uh, did that run in 2010. We had the commercials that went really well. Um, after that, I actually got into Columbia Journalism School. Um, so that was a 10 month way for me to become an Ivy Leaguer and also improve my writing and reporting skills. So I, I jumped at that opportunity. As soon as I got in, I, I was shocked I even got in. So um, And then, of course, as a middle class uh, uh, person from Ohio, I obviously had to take out mucho loans for that and uh i'm still paying that's basically what i always joke is all these journalism jobs that i get i am just use it to pay off my debt to the journalism school um so that's basically what i've been doing since 2012 is kind of the freelance journalism uh gigs and um and also working on campaigns i, I worked on gary johnson's campaign in 2012 I um, started writing political columns for Huffington Post in 2013. had a brief corporate video job in 2014. Then I jumped back to journalism. I was actually writing political commentary for Jesse Ventura in 2015 while also uh, making uh, uh, climate change videos. Uh, it was like a funny climate change series for The Guardian um, called Too Hot to Handle, and that was in 2015. And, you know, then at some point within Uh, As we were jumping from 2015 and 2016, you know, obviously politics became insane. And uh, it was hard to look away from that. So um, I actually had a a reporting job at Vice. um, And by reporting, I meant like I was a hard-hitting reporter. But as in like I would hit the bong real hard uh, before I went out. That's how you work at Vice. That's for anyone who wants to get a job at Vice. That's how you do it. Um, So I was a man man in the street for Vice Land, the TV uh, channel from vice, not on the news side. I was more of the less serious political stuff uh, in 2016. Then I worked on Gary Johnson's presidential campaign again that year, toured around the country with him, and then jumped to Mediaite in 2017 and did those videos that I was explaining earlier. And then, um, and then once that freelance gig kind of weaned off, um, I basically ran my friend's campaign for Brooklyn Borough president uh in uh 2017 that was in New York City um I moved back to Ohio I shot a, uh, a feature length film as a sequel to my college movie called Killer Raccoons 2 Dark Christmas in the Dark um we shot that at the end of 2017 it was just released in 2020 um I ran for governor of Ohio uh in 2018 with the Libertarian Party there and then I think in 2019 I think I finally took some time off <laughs> and um just started editing two more documentaries. We were, I remember 2018-2019, t- basically while I was running for governor, I was editing a killer raccoon movie at night in 2018. <laughs> and then when 2019-2020 came around, I just finished uh, two more short political documentaries. Um, one is kind of a sequel to American Mayor. It's called Hail Yourself, America. Starring uh, Ben Kissel From last podcast on the left It was about his campaign That was the campaign I ran in, Bro- in Brooklyn uh, We ran it for Brooklyn Borough President And kind of did the same thing we did with American Mayor we ran, we ran but then we also Shot documentary footage of it So we could show people how we did it later Because uh, Ben Kissel of course with last podcast on the left, it's got millions of listeners. So, you know, in our mind, we'd love to start inspiring more young people to run for office, um, in the future, especially local office. Cause that's where it all starts. And then, uh, last year, 2020 again, killer raccoons two was released. We were actually the number one comedy in America for about two weeks by default, because there were no other new comedies in America for about two weeks last summer. So there we were historical record shows and then uh the last documentary we just finished is called How America Killed My Mother. It's about the unfortunate and uh, unnecessary death of uh of my friend my one of my comedy friend's mothers. She passed away of diabetes at 65. Um and that one's a little harder. We we did what we could to make it, you know, palatable, but it's a tough subject. And that one is available from uh howamericakilledmymother.com. Um, along with American Mayor and Hail Yourself America, they're all on Vimeo. Uh, we moved everything off of Amazon over to Vimeo because Jeff Bezos is making billions and uh, we're only making like 20 cents a month <laughs> when you have your movie on Amazon Prime. So, um, you know, Vimeo is kind of a better deal and, uh, you know, people can still find it on their streaming devices and things like that. So that is about uh, – as brief as I can make that 12 now, uh, years. Well, that's
0: what I wanted to hear from you because there's so many things that I want to nitpick back through in a few more minutes here with you. Um, I appreciate the third party stuff because a um, few uh, – I guess it's months ago now. I, I just kind of threw the idea open of starting a new political party just because because I was tired of the two political parties. So what what drew you to Gary Johnson?
1: Yeah, well, that that is the thing. Um, I'm kind of like you. I just wanted a third party that I could um, – Kind of join and, and see where that led. And the Libertarian Party is technically, although it's very distant third place, it is technically the third largest political party in the United States. They do have ample ballot access, which is really the biggest problem facing third political parties: is how do you get on the ballot? Um, you know, especially when Republicans and Democrats are both very good at keeping you know other smaller parties off of the ballot, <clears throat> off of the ballot entirely um so um that's kind of how i got involved with libertarians i saw them as the best option for me to uh to run as a third party um you know running as an independent would have been interesting that's actually still an idea that interests me possibly in the future um but for the time being at least in in you know from about 2007 to 2010 the libertarians seemed very interesting to me because it in college, I, I did not like Bush and Cheney. You know, I, as I mentioned, I campaigned for Kerry. I really did consider myself a Democrat just because I was anti-war. You know, I was anti-drug war. I was pro-civil liberties. Obviously, following 9-11, um, you know, civil liberties started to slowly be eroded. Um, and, you know, I think all the things I liked about being a progressive, anti-war, uh, Anti-Patriot Act, anti-drug war, uh, pro-gay marriage, pro-legalization of weed, pro-choice, things like that. I found out that all of those things um, also applies to the libertarians. The libertarians are also pro-legalization of weed, pro-choice. Um, they are uh, anti-war. They are very pro-civil liberties, you know, the whole anti-government ideas of things. You know, I don't know – like with any libertarian, I don't know if I subscribe 100% to the ideology. Um, you know, I like things like local recycling and, um, you know, stoplights. I think those things are a good idea. And, you know, that's kind of, the, there's varying degrees of libertarians. There are some who want, uh, you know, no government at all. Um, and then there's, others kind of like gary johnson who i think are very sensible and if you look at gary johnson's record as governor you know despite the fact that he was kind of a weirdo running for president uh maybe he was too high all the time uh you know what well, <laughs> my my joke when i was running uh or you know campaigning with gary around the country is uh uh you know gary only smokes the kind of weed that makes him forget what aleppo is and also forget that he's running for president he likes very good weed is my point <laughs> <laughs> um. So but yeah You know especially Gary you look at his record As governor he did a, a good job He cut taxes he balanced the budget He uh, got rid of a bunch Of waste and regulations that Didn't make any sense and you Know he got reelected in a blue State Um, and he served as Governor for eight years so you Know I think there's something really to be said About especially where we are now You know you see the Republican Party fracturing Um We've all basically seen, you know, conservatives have a big choice to make, um, here in, in the post Trump era of, you know, are you a a conservative because you believe in limited constitutional government or are you a conservative because you hate people that don't look like you and you just want to support, um, you know, a a loudmouth bigot? You know, that's kind of the craziest part. You know, I, I just tweeted again today. You know, a little, tried to make a little louder for anyone in the back, but, um, I just don't understand how anyone wants to usurp a constitutional republic in favor of one dude that is literally the opposite of what the American Revolution was about. So, you know, all these quote unquote patriots and revolutionaries, these people have stormed the White House, you know, we, or not the White House, excuse me, the Capitol. Um, they were, you know, they were sent there by the guy in the White House, but, uh, They obviously stormed the Capitol. Everything that's happened here in the last few weeks, the last four years, I think is really uh, putting the conservatives in America uh, to a critical point. What do they want to represent and what's the best way for them to represent that? Because I think the Republican Party is going the way of the Whigs. You know, the the Whig Party in the 1850s, there was – there were no more compromises to be made, right? The the days of Henry Clay and the Great Compromises were slowly coming to an end in the 1850s. And the Whig Party was um, directly impacted by that because uh, half of them were racist and half of them were um, abolitionists. And so when the Whig Party broke up, the abolitionists went and started the Republican Party and basically had some anti-slavery democrats join them and that became their movement and the whigs faltered around and kind of became the know-nothing party the anti-masonic party and these were basically purely racist parties very much in the same vein that we see of the the trumpism or the trump brand of conservatism so um you know i i think libertarians have a chance to grow um i think often more often than not that what i what I've found in my experience is libertarians tend to be their own worst enemy. Um, you know, kind of what I was talking about earlier, you know, someone wants to join the libertarian party and then someone starts yelling them about, well, if you like recycling and stoplights, you're not a real libertarian. It's like, all right, you know, <laughs> I think we got to calm down on that. But I think there's a real chance they could grow, especially uh, in the wake of what's going to happen for the Republican party. Cause they're about to enter a period of reckoning and atonement and um we're going to see who who makes it to the other side
0: yeah so i got to ask about you you mentioned getting on the ballot and of course that leads to the to the hot issue of a couple weeks ago um was there widespread voter fraud or are we just i don't i i get confused by this honestly
1: <laughs> yeah me too well you know um i'm always keeping my ear to the ground i i i don't delete people uh, off social media usually people delete me um but it was interesting uh, i had both a progressive friend call me and a libertarian friend call me to tell me how the election was rigged by uh them just sending basically the deep state or something I, that's the problem with a lot of these you know once you start getting into the specifics you're just like well wait a minute so every single election official and every single county and every single precinct is like in on it it makes no sense it's too big and you know what? Um, I, I've seen elections, 2000, again, I stayed up all night as a 17-year-old high school kid watching the elections in 2000. There was clearly funny stuff in Florida that year. There was also very well-documented funny stuff um, in 2004 in Ohio by our secretary of state, our Republican secretary of state. That is usually where, and it's not voter fraud, it's election fraud. Election fraud and voter fraud are two different things. Voter fraud is when I go in and try to vote under a fake name or I go in and try to vote twice. You know, that's me as a voter trying to fraudulent the system. Um, Election fraud is when election officials like secretaries of state um, and, you know, Ken Blackwell in Ohio, he limited the voting machines in black and urban areas. And he himself was a black Republican. Um, And then you had the secretary of state of Florida and Catherine Harris in 2000, um, you know, with the hanging chads and... Sending votes to be recounted. So here I am just thinking like, you know what? I've been on the other side of this whole election tampering, fraud, conspiracy debate. And for once, even if it was election fraud, Jim, I'll take it over Trump being president again for four more years. I'm really at a point. That's what I'm going to post Thursday is like, you know, the the only sad thing about Trump leaving office is now I got to go back to uh, hating the deep state. Because for a while there, I was almost kind of rooting for him.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the deep state, it, it, you know, there's two terms that have really bothered me for the last bunch of years the deep state and fake media, right? Fake news. Mm hmm. I mean, because originally when I first heard fake news, you know what I thought? I thought I was in mortal trouble being a podcaster. You know, I thought they were going to go hard after us and kind of try to squash us, instead, of it turned the other way, which blows my mind still today.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the onion was as good as gone uh, when they started talking about fake news. Um, but no I mean obviously now you know it's very vague terms and that's what works about Trumpism you know they, and, and I watch my fair share of Fox I've even checked out some pretty spooky OAN stuff OAN's production value is so crampy it's like a uh, it's like a college news station um, with slightly more makeup um, it, it really is just frightening what OAN is trying to be <laughs> and what they're trying to do but you know I try to listen to all the news networks and that's how they do it. You know, they say big, vague terms like deep state, liberal media, fake news, the the radical left. They're never really attacking actual um, realistic policies and people. You know, I mean, they throw AOC's face around on Fox News all the time. I'm starting to think she should be able to charge them for all the advertising they do with her face in it. Um, but, you know, it... it it is fascinating because they just use those vague terms, and and that's what you see in politics, right? That's that's why I liked being um, kind of the the middle of the road libertarian. I mean, when I ran for governor of Ohio in 2018, um, you know, the, it was the same deal. The Democrat was accused of being a socialist. Uh, the Republican was accused of being a Republican, um, obviously, which is just as bad. Um But, you know, my whole thing was, hey, um, you know, the only time I was actually in a debate with the Republican and the Democrat running for uh, governor of Ohio, because, you know, they never let in the libertarians uh, into the debates. Uh, they learned their lesson when Ross Perot was in there that, you know, the third person can be very likable and middle of the road. And, you know, that's kind of how our two party system operates. They, they rely heavily on right versus left. And you just use these big, vague terms. Uh, right versus left. And then there's never really any room for gray area, which, you know, most politics is is very gray. You know, it's how the sausage is made. You take a little bit from everybody. And again, I think that's what I always liked about the libertarians. It was kind of the best of both worlds. It's, it's the fiscal sanity and the tax and economic policy of um, more conservatives. And, but then it's like the social policies Of Democrats Just letting people live their lives How they see fit Don't tell people what to do with their bodies um, Don't tell them who to love You know, it, it, That's what I kind of liked about libertarianism So again, I think we'll see How it's going to shape up Because um, These next four years the, you know, it, the, the Trump era was crazy But I'm very interested to see What happens in the post-Trump era How we start to clean this Clean this mess up.
0: Yeah, it is definitely going to be wild to watch the. Th- and this is how it always goes: the overcorrection from one side to the other it doesn't matter. Notice, I'm not saying Democrats are. I mean, every time a new part, new polit, you know, new president gets elected, there's always this this correction. Of course, back
1: and forth, back and forth. Right. The, the mandate. Everyone, every president gets elected. They, they say they have a mandate. Joe Biden's saying he has a mandate. When Trump got in, in 16, he said he had a mandate. When Bush got reelected in, in 04, it, you know, it was huge margins and they said they had a mandate. Um, but you're absolutely right. It's, it's never that big of a swing or at least it shouldn't be because mostly people just, you know, um, want, want to, to go about their their daily lives and not put so much money out of their pocket into things they don't want, but at the same time, uh, other people need government assistance when they can get it. I mean, um, governing, governing should not be that difficult. You know what I mean? Um, I'm just thinking of all the other countries in the world that manage to have good schools and healthcare, and sometimes their government's very involved, and sometimes it's not and it just seems like in america we keep being stuck with the same thing and uh, i really am interested to see what happens here in the in the coming years to see how we kind of break through this stalemate
0: so quick point of reference for everybody listening we're going to go to live calls here in two questions for travis i got two quick questions for him actually a question and a comment so just be prepared as because i promised to keep him a half an hour i'm looking at the clock and i'm like oh god I feel like I could talk to you for a while, and we're going to have you back on some night when you're actually in Ohio, and and we could talk a lot more. But anyways, where can people find you, like uh, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you're at? Where where can people find you?
1: Oh, sure. Um, Social media. I'm Travis Irvine USA uh, everywhere. It's just uh, I did that because all the other Travis Irvines on the Internet were apparently Canadian. Uh, They're very good at hockey. Uh, I am not. So I had to uh, to go ahead and, and show how I was different. So Travis Irvine USA on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, it is interesting, Jim. It's the same Twitter uh, strategy as Sarah Palin and Jim Webb. They both also have USA at the end of their name. Um, so what could go wrong? I'm, I'm basically me, Sarah Palin, Jim Webb. We're all hanging out on the internet.
0: But if you could see Canada from your uh, if you could see Canada from your house, I'm hanging up on you. I was gonna say Russia, but I believe it was
1: it was was Russia. But you know, you're
0: a little bit closer to Canada, so
1: yeah. No, that would be fun. Uh, Sarah Palin, Jim Webb, and I, and then Jim Webb can like creepily talk about all the people he killed in Vietnam. It'll be a great hang. (laughs) So,
0: so my ten year old daughter asked who was on my show tonight. I told her, you know, filmmaker, comedian, uh, journalist. You know, just kind of read it out for her. She's always a little bit interested, but any more than those kind of like free words, that's all the more she has for me, right? Um, but she left me a note on my desk and I'm gonna just it's a joke okay how do okay. celebrities stay stay cool
1: um uh, do they stay in the freezer they Something have like so that? they have so many fans uh, that's a great I gotta say <laughs> one of my favorite dumb dad jokes to start off a comedy show with is uh you know you get brought up and people are clapping and you're thanking everyone and then I love to uh uh, say, give it up for my biggest fan right over here, and then point to a big fan. And this is either a ceiling fan or uh, one of those big industrial fans. You know, usually they're at summer shows, but it is a great way to get some groans right off the bat. So I think your daughter is is headed down a dark path. Let's face it, <laughs> stand up comedy is a dark path. So tell no. her to quit it.
0: <laughs> well, I'll try, but you know how that works. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Well, Maybe she I should does tell it. her to pursue it.
0: Anyways. There you go.
1: There you go. That's a sure way to get her to quit.
0: <laughs> well, Travis, again, thank you, and, and stay safe tomorrow. And I'll be watching your tweets and all the other stuff.
1: Thanks so much for your time, Jim. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate your time.
0: Take care. And that's Travis Irvine there. I can't, Again, literally drove in, sent me an email about 8 10 and said, Hey, I made it to these my my destination tonight. We're good for tonight, so let's do it. Uh, So I was a little antsy about that all evening. So there's all that. So, phone lines are open. I know there's a... I've seen Germantown Runners saying that Rush said some things that kind of aligned with what I just said, which kind of scares me. Of course, the running joke is that I'll replace Rush Rumble someday, which is even worse joke than what I just kind of went through with the the fan joke. Um, Election stuff, there's a lot going on in the world otherwise. uh, If you have a pardon right? I heard John Kirkaloo on with Reese Stranahan this afternoon on The Backstory, their new show together um, on Radio Sputnik. If you've heard Leon before, you've heard him talking about being on Sputnik with a different show, but he's got a new show now with an obviously new co-host. And he was talking to, to John, former both former guests here, that's kind of why it drew me in, in a way, um, to a degree, about Jeez, Ju- uh, a He asked um, at one time. He asked Giuliani about a pardon, and he was told two million dollars. Heard it right from the guy. I mean, there's. There, I mean, it was a big light up in the Washington Washington Times, of course, or Washington, or no New York Times. Excuse me. Full credit the New York Times for running that story on the front page of the Sunday paper. But as usual, around here, I like hearing things straight from the horse's mouth. And I heard that from from John on that show this afternoon. And I went, is that how this system is supposed to work? And I I was outright offended by that. Just saying, I'm outright offended. No, Brian, it's not. Go go listen to John Kirkland on... Uh, Backstory. It's not out hearsay. He tells the story. He he was there. I'm telling you, straight straight from the mouth of the man who asked the question. I mean, that's what ha- I mean. There's a lot of fake news as the world goes around, but hearing it straight from John this afternoon. I mean, not that I wanted to you know not discount what the New York Times said. But there's some degree to that. So. So there's a lot going on in the world. There's that. I, I'm interested, f- again, for all the... The world to come down a bit. Of course, my world's not coming down anytime soon, but that's a whole different conversation for another time. Right? There's a lot going on here on the duck Pond. Um... Next week, Nick is Nick Nick Redfern, so I get to get into Rendlesham Forest, which is just... I have never been there. Never been into that topic. I've kind of skirted around it, but we're going to dive deep into it for the next week because that's kind of something we need to cross off the list once and for all. And looking forward to talking to Nick about it because Nick is one of the most phenomenal guests that have been through this program. So... If John was on, I'd call him right now. But he's not on. I'm telling you guys, um, it's just outrageous, right? If it, I, I'm just insulted, right? Because that that is something that shouldn't be for sale. That is something that should be left for actual justice. So there's all of that. And, and by the way, can anybody find me a story that isn't related to politics right now? I mean, honestly, anywhere, somewhere. I don't know. Is there any, yeah, or, or Germantown Runner, you could call in and, t- and tell me what she heard this afternoon. I, I did not get the chance to operate. I was going to listen to uh, Glenn Beck this morning. I didn't do that either. So I, I don't know if town Runner caught him. But I, I was going to, but, um, as they say, life happens, uh, especially right now, a lot of fun things going on. So, so I, go, I had a list, and I guess i got to go find it. That isn't it. So many little things. Uh, for those who is um, who are out there listening, Mike Pence is going to the inauguration tomorrow, which is a interesting thing, in my opinion. Um, I know some people out there, I think, are saying different things about should Trump go or not. It's interesting. I'll be honest with you. I'm not sure how I feel about that one way or the other. I see a story here from the wall street journal that Trump wants to start his own political party, call it the Patriot party, which would be that split of the Republican party. All right. So that's a fun thing there. Um, Germantown Runner, you didn't tell me our Capitals and Penguins were playing tonight. I just see that was a another thing that pops up on my feed. Uh, normally he's always on that. Is he watching? Are you watching the Capitals game? Is that what the multitasking's going on here? No, I'm just kidding. no um, not really. I know he is. If if they're on, if that's actually accurate. Um. That's no help. <laughs> so there's all that. There's a lot going on right now. So that wasn't what I was looking for. I just got stuck in Twitter trends. Oh boy. Um, I I actually I don't even know how many games into the hockey season they are. Honestly, I just seen that trend, and that's the first time that I had actually even caught a lift of that. I didn't. I guess I seen they were back. Was that last week? I don't know. Honestly, I'm just kind of. In this bubble that's just kind of hard to shake out of right now. So, um, cat word to send me a show that is not related to to politics. Pablo Escobar's cocaine hippos threatened to take over Colombia. There, oh my, oh that is just that is just phenomenal. Just when you, (laughs) I can't even, I can't. I just can't. And so I clicked away from that story to find another story I'm going to read to you here in a second. I'm going to scroll this list real quick. I'll read that headline to you here in a second as well. That's pretty good. I don't know if this ver- is a verif... Kat, do you know anything about this news site? Are we actually re- reading real news here or not? Because I have no idea. It was selected among PC's Magazine's top 100 sites, so I have to believe that somebody did some. I just want to make sure I'm not reading headlines like The Onion right now, because, God, that'd be fun either way, right? Um... CNN loses to both Fox and MSNBC for the first time in twenty years. Yeah, I've seen the mass of layoffs at um, Fox. I, th- I think again, German Turner, I know that you are appreciating this that that's kind of the beginning of the end for all of them, isn't it? Because as they all kind of cut down, right? This is kind of the conversation we're always having around here about new media versus old media versus what? Well, well, okay, so if we're calling old media newspapers. Is it medium media for TV? And new media being the internet? Is that fair? Can we all use that term from, for, for here, for now on? Old media being print, medium media being TV, and radio kind of falls in that gray area in between? Is that fair? Okay. I mean, honestly, as we look at it, I don't. I mean, here's the thing, though. Yeah, I, I hate regular season overtime, German tenor. Sorry. Look, something shiny in my chat room. If you if you haven't been on the duck pond, this is why. Right down, right right now, you need to be here because we've got talking book sales and politics and penguins updates, or in some cases, capital updates. <laughs> I'll give him the credit. He's. he's I mean, we've had a love hate relationship about hockey over the years. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Book sales that that pops up too. Okay, so book sales comes back to this new media, right? Cuz that's digital compared to old. And I seen, oh god, I wish I would have saved it cuz I wasn't necessarily planning on doing this topic right now about how somebody was suing Amazon for lost income on their ebook. Oh god, I wish I would have saved that cuz that is phenomenal. That I don't think they're gonna win because I don't have enough money for a, a good legal case because it just doesn't seem to be that way. But um, the wow, German town runner just blew my mind here. Sorry, again, this is the kind of dynamics that happen on the duck pond. The UK introduces a plot to give five and a half million of uh, Hong Kong visas. Visa. Hong Kongers visas, easy for me to say. Just about seventy percent of the population. That is mind numbing. I don't even I wow. Um Yeah. So the first one wasn't real cat? Oh boy, she made me go Ron Burgundy, guys. That's not good. So I shouldn't read the other two. Yeah, I'm reading the other two anyways. If you want real news, go get to, go get the headlines yourself. And any more, I'm not sure. Right? Honestly, I'm not sure about anything. Um, the other one, this is a good stuff. I've I've been reading it. Well, I've read part of it here about arsonists paid the torture or church tor- churches. I mean, that's great. I mean, that's not great, but it's just funny. Uh, well done by them, and cat uh, lucky to survive being in a running washer, which is just phenomenal as well. Because um, we all hear about all these cat stories. I mean, that's just. I, be- I believe that one it may may not this version of the story may not be true, but I believe that tr- that story to be true somewhere along the line. So, for sure. What else is going on here? Let's see. Yeah, that isn't working right, but that's okay. We'll deal with that later. Okay, that sucks. Something happened there. Okay. Um, uh, Flint water chargers. I gotta talk about Flint sometime. I think I could get Erin Brockovich on the show. Anybody? Anybody know her? I'd love to get her on to talk about that. Here's an interesting one. Yeah. I wish he would picked the governor for something. Uh, honestly, I like John Fetterman. I don't necessarily agree with John Fetterman politically, but at least I kind of feel he'd be... I asked him to be on, by the way. Full disclosure. Hard stop. So a Netflix I I seen a story about this this afternoon. Man, I should've saved I gotta start saving these things. Somebody needs to teach me how I can save these things so I can access them again but not have them all in my bookmarks. There has to be a method for that. I seen a thing about how Netflix is dumping a bunch of um, movies this year. I think it was close to sixty, so one a week. Right, and the, the argument was, "Oh, it must have been a, a Gary Gary Vaynerchuk social media." I think it was. I know it was him talking about, it, so it had to have been him somewhere on his social media, uh, Instagram probably. Yes, <laughs> go Penguins! Sorry, German run. Of course, you put it up there, so that's what happens. Um, for the record, Sydney uh, Crosby, they Sid the Kid, Barry, Barry's one, apparently to. Uh, his beloved Capitals. So, sorry. Sorry for your loss. Of course, it doesn't really matter. It's regular season, and it's, it's way early in the season, too. So, a lot of things will... I won't say can. I will say will change between these ball clubs. Is it ball clubs? Did I use that word right? Anyways. Ball clubs. I don't think that's right. They play hockey. It can't be right. Okay. Anyways. About Netflix, back to Netflix for a minute. And Gary, the comments, Gary Vandertrack, was making about how you could dump these movies and remain competitive. And of course, then I seen on LinkedIn yesterday about how because these these sites, right, Netflix, um, Hulu, um, Disney Plus, all these subscription sites, right. Now I'm here to tell you something too about that here in a second. But let's stay on topic on this about how easy it is to get into, right? Because you just sign up for a month and then you can just cancel too. So it's easy for people, consumers, to bounce around and don't have to necessarily pay for all these sites. And how that's causing problems, imagine that, for for, for Netflix and these other companies because, I mean, think about it. The Netflix, Netflix, we'll just use this for an example. Netflix just lost the office. If that was one of the reasons, you you're gone. You're joining Peacock for a while because you like The Office until you get burned out on The Office. I mean, I almost thought about it. And I know, I mean, I'm not a huge fan. I mean, I am a fan of The Office and I do enjoy watching it because it's kind of one of those things I do. But man, I found something else to watch. I mean, I'm not flipping because of that, but there are people, those diehards out there that'll flip. And this is where it gets interesting. Now, now I'm going to bring this back. Pull it back to something that matters. I know right now... A bunch of podcasters listen to the show. A bunch. Not going to lie. Right? I have a bunch of friends that host podcasts. I've been very good to them through the years. Not going to lie. Right? Give them free advice, help them out, free promotion, have them on the show. Everything I can do to help somebody out, I will do. Okay? And then you see this. This is where the interesting thing comes. I mean, this argument I just made, I'm gonna make to you, well, none of my friends I mean there's a few that do, but a few people that I've talked to who sell these memberships, which is great, right? because you get the f- two, three, four, seven, eleven ninety nine a month, and yes, I jumped up to eleven ninety nine a month and I've seen more I've seen others that are more than that a month. are we smoking honestly. You have to provide so much value for me to even think about paying you eleven ninety nine a month. Your head spins. You're not Netflix, sorry. Okay, but here back to what I'm saying though. Okay, so Germantown Runner loves the malware report. That goes without saying. But I put it up behind the paywall and I start charging three ninety nine a month, right? Well, Germantown Runner's crappy and you know, on the poor side of life. Not. I'm not saying that directly because I know he's okay, but he likes listening to the show, but doesn't want to pay $3.99 a month. He comes in, he downloads six months worth, cancels, I get my free 99 for a month. He comes back in in six months, downloads another six months worth, and I get my other 3 99 for him for the year. So I've only actually made eight bucks from him from the year, right? Instead of making 48 bucks a year, that costs me... Forty dollars, and how many ever potential listeners by just not giving it away? Yeah, see this this is this is where the market's at it, at right now. This is a real thing. Netflix and Hulu are talking about. Don't think, don't sleep on this. Independent content creator. Man, I'm fired up about this. You can tell. Man, I thought I was fired up about politics, but man, this is just ooh, this burns me because I'm telling you. There's a lot of content creators out there right now who think it's going good. Right? And there's another website that uh, has become fashionable during COVID. Right? Why doesn't it work that way, Brian? Because people are lazy and will just send you the $5 every month because there are people that will do that, yes. I'm telling you, though, it's getting to a saturation point where it's going to change. Where, okay, Hulu, Netflix, Disney+, Discovery+, Peacock, and that's five. Right? Those are your your digital players on that side. As, the, as things tighten, as people start coming out of lockdowns, and are looking for expendable cash, people are gonna stop paying for streaming services. Agree or disagree? I don't I'm just taking a second here because as things start to change and as people Let's see if I think this is who this is is. Who welcome.
2: Yeah, I, I can't type this because it's way too much. So basically what you're gonna do is Everybody left cable TV because it got too expensive, right? So right. you have to add HBO, yeah. Showtime, Cinemax, whatever. Ten dollars here, six dollars there. This is the same thing. What they're doing is like uh, Discovery Plus is doing it. Ninety-nine percent of the shows they give you one or two, three shows, and all the rest is playing on Discovery Stream. People aren't going to pay six ninety-nine there. They're not going to buy Peacock. They're not going to buy Hulu. They're not going to buy all this stuff. In the end, you're talking about spending five times as much than your cable bill. So people right. will just dump it all. And, and what what's going to happen is the fans are going to get pissed off. And then they're going to just boycott them. And in and, and this society, that's what people do. They boycott shit. They're not paying for any more of this. I, only, I got Disney Plus because it was free for six months through Verizon. I doubt I'm going to pay them anything else. Well, uh, my, my children will decide it because they're young <laughs> enough that they want to watch it. But, but in general, you know what I, I want? That was on Discovery's Channel, and now all these new episodes. Every episode now is going to be on 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 the Plus. So they'll give you a week to try it out, and then they charge you six ninety nine. No, I, I don't want to pay six ninety nine for it. I don't really have to watch your your crap. I don't. Well, that's,
0: that's what I'm saying. And, or if you did want to watch it, you're going to pay that six ninety nine. Ben's watch it and then be done.
2: No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to spend. You know, because the, they're going to drip out the episodes going to drip out well i
0: know eventually, but eventually it'll be all out and you just go back is, through and, and grab it that's what i'm saying
2: well whatever so for six bucks they're going to lose the streaming thing is going to lose they they don't have a good price point they're not offering me anything i want to i don't want to do, see discovery plus 24 7 and and it's, it's going to be a big problem i don't, I don't care know man i've been watching are. the
0: Moonshiners a lot lately i don't know
2: Moonshiners is great, but you know what? <laughs> There's so many episodes of that program. You know, some will pick up another show, and some will come out on cable TV with a moonshiners type of show, and they'll just people will forget about the original moonshiners and go someplace else. It's it, it's it's these people are so damn greedy, and they don't know that they're cutting their nose up to spite their face.
0: Now, my question for you is: I know you're 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 kind of of this spot, right? Roll us out of this conversation for a minute, right? But just for sure. a moment, just follow me for a minute. A bunch of videographers, right? Small documentarians, you know, people that make films. I know you've kind of been around some of those people, so you know what I'm talking about. Yep. Like the guy, uh, Travis, that is head on. Guy that makes, you know, making documentaries on, you know, there's a bunch of them, right? Mm-hmm. And right? There's a bunch of us content creators who could put video somewhere and be part of a package, right? So either. package a or the bigger package b either way you want to cut this at some point we're all going to get together and come out for let's say 4.99 a month and give away i mean put so much stuff in there that people may be interested in
2: but may not be your bigger problem go ahead right so you you know you have like Years and years of shows, and if people want to go look up your archives, they can go through it, and you know at least you, you should be getting paid for something. Um, but the, the the problem you have is, and and I don't mean anybody dis any disrespect. I don't want to pay for old content. I don't want to pay for any old content. Um, and most people aren't offering any fantastic that says, you know what, hey, I'm going to pay five dollars for that, or I want to pay six ninety five a month for that. So, it, it, again, it's going to bite people in the, in the ass. And what's going to happen, and this goes back to a little of the politics side, the censorship is going to continue, and it's going to get worse. And if you think because you are straddling a line between politics and what and paranormal or whatever it is, you're a target. All these other podcasters are targets. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't even pay for Spotify to listen to Joe Rogan. I think Joe Rogan sold his soul. That's well, old American that words. But this is this is the point. It's good for, if you get a deal from somebody. I say go for it, go take it. You're guaranteed to get paid, but you're going to lose listeners. People are people have had enough of this. That first of all, this is, the last year and a half has killed people. Is is lucrative? Like they're spending money for these little things.
0: That's what I'm saying.
2: Okay, they're not paying. Right, they're not going to pay Peacock six ninety nine, Hulu six ninety nine. Disney plus six ninety nine, Discovery plus. I mean, everybody's coming out. HBO has one. Every like, you know what? If I pay for cable TV, and why do I have to actually pay? You know, I'm I'm just paying one price for cable TV. Why am I paying extra for everything else?
0: And that's only going to get worse. By you know, way. as people start getting back together and all this other stuff, and hopefully six months or a year, whenever this all this craziness starts to go away. I'm not going to have such a demand for me to have all these different streaming apps so I can
2: entertain myself. How much, how much, you're a parent, how much TV can you really watch? Right? Uh, 24-7, already, already...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you mean my children.
2: I need to
0: subtract shows out of there, too, so hold on.
2: Right, no. <laughs> and, and Dave talked about cutting the cord. Let me tell you something. Um, I know people that have put this stuff on Amazon, and they're really pissed off at Amazon because Amazon's not paying enough, um, and they're getting burnt. That you know, There's a lot of deals where they stop running shows, and they'll cut you off in the middle. Amazon's going to be a, a problem. I mean, as a content creator, and I've trying to create content, um, there are a lot of free uh, sites you can put it on. You can put things on. Um, I have one of those, uh, Roku thingies. And, you know, there's a lot of free content providers. They're going to make it on the advertisement like TV did. And we're just going around in circles. You know, no, you know, before the, the people that are putting out the content, ABC, NBC, all these, you know, finally caught on to the fact that people are dropping cable because it's too expensive. You know, fool me once, Sam, and on you fool me twice. I'm going to smack you in the face, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's just not going to happen. I don't see it happening. Right. Uh, people don't have that kind of money just to drop, you know, if, if when they look at their bill and they finally get their, that credit card bill and they have 25 things at $7, that's a lot of money.
0: That's and then
2: sure. at that point, cable companies are going to be like, well, we have to raise the internet price because people are dropping our cable services and they want more content on the internet, then they'll throttle you. They'll they'll say, "Well, oh, you like the stream? Go to tier six, because Mm -hmm. this new administration is going to do shit like that. Anyways. They're they're going to rock this. But whatever. That's a
0: great great conversation for another time, because we are
2: out of time. (laughs) Thanks again, man. Bye, everybody.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mallard Report. Stay tuned for details on saving money at the Duck Pond Shop. I hope you enjoyed this report. Please subscribe so that you can join us again. And if you appreciate the show, leave us some stars or a review. For more notes from this show or other great shows, check out Mallard.com. A reminder, the views and opinions of the show are those of the host and guests and do not represent any sponsors, affiliates, or any other partners of the Mallard Report. Now for your money-saving tip. Promo code Mallard at checkout of DuckPondShop.com where you can get your t-shirt, coffee mug, and other great products. That's promo code Mallard at checkout, DuckPondShop.com Until next week, stay safe and keep quacking.